This week on the Big Cast, we break down week one of the NFL season, including the Patriots' opening loss, the debut of Mac Jones, Aaron Rodgers versus Jameis Winston in Jacksonville, Greg's absolute heater of week one picks, and then we get into a preview for week two. All right, enjoy it. Let's go. What up, what up, and welcome to the Big Cast, presented by Autumn Media. Hello and welcome to the Big Cast, episode two. Week one NFL is in the books. Boys, how we doing? Doing great. It was great being back in mass, seeing the whole crew, getting back with the Big Cast crew. Got to watch football all weekend long. Got to see some of the big listeners. Shout out Kyle. Shout out Brad. Appreciate the support. Couldn't have asked for a better week one, in my opinion. And uh, I'm ready to get into it. Greg, how's it going? I'm doing unreal, boys. I mean, there is no doubt... That we're gonna get into this, but I am—I've got a hot, hot hand. Doing real good with picks. Yeah, yeah, it works out perfectly that you don't discuss any of your picks on the podcast, and then all of a sudden, you have a heater of a week. I hadn't gotten the card yet. What? what? You're ridiculous. You—you you try to like make it seem like I'm lying and cheating. That my name is printed on a wall in a public establishment showing that. I, I have better picks than you. No, no, no. I, I didn't. I don't think you cheated. No, no, no. You had a good week. It would week. be nice you to help us week. out. It'd be nice to give us a couple picks. You're on a, a hot heater. I don't. I probably wouldn't have taken them to be fair. But still, you know, throw them out there. Help the boys out. Week two. You guys know my Sunday routine now it involves going to the gym in the morning, getting the mind right, getting it going, filling on my card while I'm walking on the treadmill, get the sweat. So I'll send it to you after. There we go. Problem solved. All right. Let's jump right into it. So. First thing we're going to start out with is the Patriots game. Now, unfortunately, they lost to the Miami Dolphins. And the first thing I want to talk about with them has to be Mac Jones, right? I think Mac Jones had a great week for the coming out for his rookie debut. Are you kidding me? I think the Patriots kind of put a leash on him, to be honest. I think he could have done even more, especially only putting 16 points on the board, looking at it from the macro level, obviously isn't good. But there was almost every drive that they had that they didn't end up in points, there was some other mistake that happened that had nothing to do with him. There was multiple plays that got derailed by penalties. There were a couple big drops. Of course, he had that one bad play at the beginning of the game after the Damian Harris run that would have really opened up the game. And he turns around and throws a bounce pass backwards to John Smith fumbling the ball. I, I don't know what happened there. But immediately after that, he was able to respond, and I'm excited going forward. I know that they lost, but this is about as excited as I've been on, about a Patriots loss in a long time. I think you got it. I, I really like what I saw out of Mac Jones. I, I, I All week, after, or I guess after the game so far, I keep hearing the – young Tom Brady, young Tom Brady over and over again. I think that's a little bit too much. I think we did see a lot of similarities there. Um, he was pretty quick to get the ball out, and he did have a couple mistakes here and there. But I think the problem with the offense was more just the penalties, was just that dumb fumble that they had, uh, obviously at the end the game, and then a couple of the holdings brought him back, and then that weird throw by Mac. But overall, I like what I saw. I A lot better than I thought I was going to see. And yeah, overall, I'm pretty happy with it. Dude, the young Tom Brady thing is really going to piss me off all year because it's like, how can we start this guy's career out and set the bar as high as possible in the history of the NFL? It's like, no matter what happens, it's, he's going to get compared to him. I think everyone's just excited that we actually have a quarterback now. So you're kind of comparing him to the last quarterback we actually had. So, couple other things in that game. So Trent Brown got hurt in the first quarter. And immediately after that, there was a stat that um, his yards per carry went, Damian Harris's yards per carry went down to like 3.3 yards per carry after Trent Brown was out. So he's got a calf injury and already it looks like he's not going to be playing this week. So that's something we're going to have to keep our eyes on because without him, the line starts to fall apart. We have a really good offensive line, but the depth just isn't there. So we're going to have to look out for that. The other thing I want to get into Greg, I know we talked about it a little bit last week, was the Patriots' defense. Now, before I get into my guys that I was excited about, I have to admit the Patriots were not able to play a lot of man defense because Gilmore is out, and that's definitely going to hurt them. I think in a couple of the key drives in the game, 
the Dolphins were able to create separation because we had to drop back in man. And like that last drive, Devontae Parker was able to get wide open against Jalen Mills. And he beat us on that slant play like three or four crucial times in that game. Yeah, like you said, it was Devontae Parker and it was coming from Tua Tavavai. Tua. He's coming from Tua. He's not the type of quarterback who's going to carve you apart. He's playing a little dink and dunk offense. That's concerning, not having Gilmore back there and looking what, what Tua was able to do to you. I, I think that's going to be a huge problem. I think Bill is going to have to suck it up. Whatever issues he's having with Gilmore, they're going to have to get over it, and we're going to have to pay the damn guy. This is It's insane. And then there was a trickle down. The rest of the defense didn't look great. There wasn't a lot of pressure coming up front. Brian, your guys, Uche, who's your other guy? Is your other guy Bentley or? Uh... Judon, dude. That hit on that interception, that was the play of the game. That was the play of the game, but that was the only pressure that we were able to get. Defense yeah, their pressure was very underwhelming. I'll agree with you there. I do think you got to give some some credit to the Dolphins offense. I mean, coming into this, I said Tua was kind of my guy. I thought he would play really well this season. I think he looked solid. I think he looked good. Um, obviously, having Waddle on his team this year really helped. He seemed to really open up that offense. And defensively, yeah, from the Patriots, the only thing you guys didn't touch on was the tackling. I think we definitely got to get that, that going. And it just seemed like even on those short little dinky passes Greg was talking about, we weren't touching them until eight, nine yards down the field. So it just seemed like they were covering up in the first half. But second half, I think we kind of looked a lot better. And uh, I don't know, maybe we can get through these with without Gilmore. We can get through the second half. But like, like Greg said, it's going to be tough, I think. You know what would have been great this weekend to have is a guy like who could get a ton of pressure, like like maybe five sacks. Like, oh wait, Chandler Jones. Oh, we we had him. Oh shit, I forgot. Bill, what are you doing? Fucking pay these good defensive players. This is insane. This is a man we had on our defense. Yeah, I don't really know what happened with Chandler Jones. I think a lot of it had to do with that incident he had at the uh when he smoked crack Foxborough and police department in front of the Foxborough police that one so uh that may have had something to do with why we let him go especially uh bill has really tried to play it mostly safe the last uh couple of years after a certain tight end came through our system so i think a lot of that stuff really uh punches your ticket out but it's definitely tough to see a guy like Chandler Jones really dominate the day defensively throughout the NFL. And he was a guy that we had. And for a team that was supposed to have a pretty good pass rush, we didn't see it this week. So that just adds a little bit more frustration. Moving down, we can jump over to that game a little bit. Uh, the official team of the big cast, you know, the Arizona Cardinals come out with an absolute haymaker against Tennessee. Tennessee, after the game, was crying about how they had so much COVID throughout the preseason, so they couldn't get prepared. And one of my overreactions for week one is going to be the fact that Tennessee looks so bad. They might have some serious issues here because when you look at the other teams in their division, if they can't get this thing on the rails, and I don't know what was going on with Derrick Henry because he didn't look like himself. Julio Jones was almost a non-factor in this game. And Tannehill looked like the Tannehill from Miami. And I don't know if it was just Arizona's defense is really good, so we'll have to see that moving forward. But as one of the first games that we all kind of watched today, that was apparent that Tennessee is in trouble. Tennessee looked absolutely terrible that game. I obviously got to give it to to Murray and the Cardinals, the official, uh, the official team of the big cast, but... Overall, the Titans looked horrible. When Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, the two biggest weapons on that offense, well, I guess Henry too, but passing uh, weapons on that offense were absolutely no-show, how do you expect to win any games? I mean, they looked absolutely horrible offensively. Defensively, like, terrible too. But I think Murray was just carving them up. I think he just looked better than, than their defense looked bad. I mean, Hopkins had a great game too. But like you said, if Henry's not going, I feel like that offense is really going to struggle. So let's jump down, rifle through a couple other games here. Uh, one of the bigger surprises of the day was has to be Jameis Winston and New Orleans absolutely smacking Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Now, the Packers are coming off a year where they exceeded everyone's expectations. Everyone was thinking this year they would do about as well as they did last year and make another run. And 
I guess uh, going on Jeopardy and playing in golf tournaments and not showing up basically until, what was it, like two weeks before the season he rolled up? I, I guess that's not the uh, best way to prepare during an off season. Yeah, Jordan Love got time in this game too, didn't he? I, I, this was, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at Yeah, he did. Yeah. That's it. Aaron oh. Rodgers is terrible. I mean, <laughs> I, the, the only other I'm gonna, I, I got to push back, down. though, on, on Brian saying we didn't see this out of anywhere. I didn't see it being a blowout, but, I mean, I think I don't – the Saints look good. Like, I think that's to be expected. They've had a great offense coming into this game. The only difference is they actually have a quarterback and can throw the ball now. I mean, Winston looked absolutely incredible. I don't think this is going to keep up. We saw his five touchdowns. We didn't see the five interceptions, but I think that has a lot to do with the fact that he has Kamara now, who absolutely did everything. He now has a guy who, if he's in trouble, he doesn't have to just heave it up. He can dump it off to Kamara, and they're going to get 15 yards off of just a little dump off like that. So, And obviously, they were up so much, so he didn't have to force anything. So I think as we as we go, we might see the real Jameis Winston. But I think him having Kamara and having that, that factor of where he can go with the ball when he doesn't have anything is going to be huge for him. And they look great. Now, overreaction. Did you say that the Packers, this this is just an overreaction and it's just something that's going to happen, or you think that this is this is really them? Well, uh, my, I guess my real overreaction take from this whole thing is, do you think we get to a point in this season where the Packers just throw Aaron Rodgers to the side and they start playing Jordan Love? No, I don't. Th- I don't think that will ever happen. Not 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 for what Aaron they- Rodgers. I mean. Wh- what if they just say, you know what, we're done with you, we're done with this, we're going to trade you, we're giving it to Jordan Love, and then they look for a trade with Rodgers either at the end of the season or this offseason. They already shortened his contract, so next year's his last one. See, I think you even questioning that is the way overreaction to this game. We saw them get absolutely blown out last year. It was the Bucks, right? 38-10 to 10 or 38-7 or something like that. So it's not like they... We didn't see this last year, too, and he just bounced back fine. I mean, he had an incredible season. You can't, after what he did last year, you can't come into week one and have a bad week and be like, oh, they're going to dump him. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. No, I, I, I think that's I think with the offseason he had, I think it's in play. There were trade rumors about him going back into June of this year. Trade is fine. If they want to trade him, obviously they have trouble there, and I don't think either of them wants, obviously they want a guy like Aaron Rodgers, but... They don't get along, so I, I think a trade is probably the best for everybody. But in terms of benching him, I think that's just the dumbest thing they can do if they actually want to win. All right, next one I want to get into. Uh, Greg, I don't know if uh, you were following this one during the day, but the Browns had a big lead on the Chiefs, and they threw it away. The Chiefs come back. Tyreek Hill has another crazy deep play where Mahomes literally just rolls out to the right, fires up, and throws one straight down the field and just lets Tyreek Hill make one little cut on his defender, and then he's wide open and he walks in for a touchdown. I don't know how many more times we have to see this in the league before teams always just put two people on Tyreek Hill when he's going deep like that. I don't get it. Like You go back, how do they not see that coming? It happens every single year. It, ha- it seems to happen every two or three games. Just don't let him behind you. I, I don't understand that. I think that first of all, I saw some crazy stat that it was like the that Mahomes has come back double digits like four times in his career, seven times in his career, and no one else has done it more than like I don't know twice or something when it was like they were down more than twelve after the second half or something crazy like that. I, I should have actually had the stat up, but that just shows that it, it like that's something that we thought we would see in the Super Bowl where they were playing that bad and they would eventually come back. It kind of bites him in the ass because obviously it didn't happen last time in the Super Bowl. You can do it against the Browns. You're not going to be able to do that later against better teams. So I, I, I liked what I saw of the Chiefs in the second half. I liked what I saw out of the Browns in the first half. Uh, I guess it, it kind of ended up where I thought it would. Big. Yep. Patrick Mahomes has played 11 games in September. Over under nine and a half wins in his career in the NFL. Uh, over. Over. He's 11 and 0 in September. 11 and really? 11 and That's 0. crazy. Isn't that wild? I wouldn't That's have expected crazy. that. I figured I went with the over because you were bringing it up, so I was just taking my chances. But the fact that he hasn't lost a game in September is crazy. Crazy, yeah. Only other note I had about, about this game, it really wasn't even about this game. It's going forward. 
I just saw quickly Odell Beckham's out next week. Did he play this week? I didn't even really catch much of this game. I, I, I didn't see him play at all. I don't know if he was a scratch before the game or he just didn't get any catches. No, I think I think he started and then got taken out. Okay, yeah, I, I didn't see him catch the ball once. The final thought is, James, I just want to go back to the your thought. The, the Browns did look really good in the first half, and... I mean the Chiefs. Yeah, they were. They were. The Chiefs are really good. Game. So I I don't think that necessarily this is like it's time to bury the Browns or anything. I think if anything, this shows that they have the capability to score some points on some teams, and they really are going to be as good as everyone kind of chalked them up to be going into the year. I think this was a big test for them. It's one of the hardest games on their schedule. So it's a good start for them. I really wish they would have finished it off to kind of expose the Chiefs a little bit. I just I don't get why these teams can't cover Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I don't know what he have like 200 yards. It's pretty tough to contain him, but you can you definitely can't give up those 75 yard passes. Next game I want to get into. This was a wild finish. We were watching it all day because the spread it was the biggest spread on the card this week. The 49ers held on against the Lions in Detroit, but the ending to this game was one of the wildest sequences I can remember. It makes me want to vomit. I gotta be honest. Nine and a half. What were they up? Thirty. I thought that I, I I didn't even put that game in my loss column. I, it just and then the two point conversion. Oh. All right. Go ahead. They just first of all, Kittle, probably their best, maybe the the best hands on the entire team. Screws up the onside kick, eats it off the helmet. Lions recover. They come down and score. Next drive, 49ers have it with a little bit of time left on the clock. All they got to do is get a first down and the game's over. Jimmy G, who was terrific throughout this game, by the way. Well, maybe we'll get into that a little later. He throws a dime to Debo Samuel, who had an, an incredible game, and he fumbles the ball. All he has to do is go down to the ground. He tries to get extra yardage in a closeout game situation and he drops the ball, Detroit comes down and has a chance to score again. Last thing about this game, Mostert got hurt again and he's done for the year. Yeah, and a name to watch out for in this game, big the guy you told me to write down, Cephas. Huge game for Detroit, yeah? Yeah, Detroit just, they always seem to find receivers in the draft. They And they're always like kind of the same build. They're just, tall, athletic, big receivers. They're not necessarily going to kill you, but that guy came out of nowhere. I'm going on the other side of the ball. Before this game, Brian said that the Lions weren't going to win a game this year or had the potential not win a game this year. Granted, they came out really, they came out uh, pretty slow, but Goff looked really good to end that game. Does that give you any hope for the Lions that they might do better than you thought? Because I still like golf. Nah, I think this thing was a fluke. I think those couple weird bounces that they got at the end of the game, I think we're looking at like what should have been a 30 to 20 point game. And I don't. I think that you're going to try to give the Lions a little bit too much false hope there. I know Goff did end up driving them down the field a couple times in the end of the game. But I mean, at that point, I think the 49ers were more shell-shocked than anything. Yeah, that's fair. I, I just think he looked pretty good. Him and Swift were connecting, and uh, I don't know. Keep him on the radar. So the next one I want to get into was Thursday night's game, the season opener. We talked about uh, a little bit before the game in our last episode. We were doing a little bit of a preview on how we thought it would go, and uh, we all looked like a bunch of idiots because, A, either A, the Cowboys are better than we thought, or B, the Bucks aren't as good as we thought. What do you guys think? Uh... I think it's a little bit of both. I think the Cowboys definitely came out better than I thought. Um, Dak looked great. Zeke was kind of a non-factor, but I think that's because that, uh, Dak was playing so well, so they didn't really need him as, as much. But it didn't it didn't feel like it should have been that close. I mean, toward the end, you know, the Cowboys kept driving. Um, it seemed like they were always in the buck zone, but I just think that this has more to do with the Bucks at the fact that they brought everybody back and they look just as good as last year. AB played really well for him, and we saw that late last season too. Gronk in the red zone was just ridiculous on that one pass. 
when he just looked back and knew Brady was going to put it right in his hands at the exact same time. It was just, you know, classic Brady Gronk. Uh, overall, I think it was probably the best game of the best game of the uh, the week. And uh, if anything, take away from this game, I think the Cowboys offense looked really good. Defense still has some struggles, but they picked up some guys. So hopefully they'll kind of get it together as the year goes on. Yeah, I think my main takeaway from this game is just that Dak Prescott looked like the Dak Prescott we saw before he snapped his leg. And I think that's huge, especially for a Dallas team that cannot figure out what to do when Dak Prescott's not in the game. Even when he's in the game, they screw up and lose because they had every chance to win that game. And they had a couple stupid penalties at the end that took back big plays when Dak was trying to drive them at the end and they end up giving the ball back to Tom Brady with enough time on the clock to go down and kick a field goal. And you see it time and time again from the Cowboys, who are just a stupid team. But talk about stupid teams. The the Bucks still had way too many penalties. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's so clear how much of a difference Tom Brady made in this organization. Because they come in, and they're still the stupid team, and they're not, you know, they're not perfectly coached. They have all these dumb penalties, but because it's Tom Brady, he's still able to get the ball last and march him down the field to score. There was some crazy stat that teams that gave up, like, um, I forget what it was, 400 total yards, had over eight penalties, lost the turnover battle, are like 0-38 in the history of the NFL. And the Bucks were able to do that and come out of this game with a win. And it's just one of those things where it's like, if Tom Brady's not there, man, I don't even know if this group is a playoff team. Yeah, they, they definitely did look sloppy on offense, too. A couple tip passes, a couple drop balls, and that bad fumble by Godwin, that's a killer. So they, they got a lot of clean up. Last game I want to get into was Monday night. One of the wildest endings to a game that I think we've ever seen, honestly. Now, the first half, I can't blame you if you shut it off. It was a little bit of a, a snooze fest. Both teams didn't look in sync. It it didn't seem like either team was really ready for this game. Then, all of a sudden, about halfway through the third quarter, it's like the heavens opened up. Both teams stopped playing defense, and it was just a back-and-forth battle marching down the field. Long bomb after long bomb for both teams. Jackson had a couple incredible plays, keeping plays alive with his feet, and then throwing absolute rockets in. The game goes to overtime. In overtime, the Raiders get the ball. They're going down the field. Derek Carr throws a nice ball. The guy gets downed right on the one-yard line. The whole stadium starts to clear out. Both benches clear. They start shaking hands. Everyone thinks the game's over. And the refs run back out. They wave everyone off the field. They have to go back out again. He lines up at the goal line, and he throws a ball. It gets tipped. The Ravens intercept it. The Ravens then take the ball. I am so, so glad you did that because I fell asleep. And now I feel like <laughs> not only did I watch the game, but the I felt Ravens like I was there. Get the ball. That was awesome. Thank I don't know why. It's not over. Oh, he's still going. I don't know why you're talking about a snooze fest to start the game. First of all, Greg just fell asleep. James, it's not over. Listen to me. I mean, me I now. watched the game. <laughs> I, I got this. The only reason myself. I'm explaining this is because I know someone in this podcast did not watch the game. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. It really wasn't a snooze fest to start the game. I thought it was a really good game to start. I mean, it was like 14 to 10 at half. That's not exactly a snooze fest. It wasn't looking like it hit the over. That just lined up perfectly for me to go into overtime. Grandex had the Ravens. But like you said, I think this was the most exciting game. Eh, maybe besides the Bucks game, but definitely one of the best games that we've seen. I think it kind of... Both teams kind of did what I expected. I think the Raiders definitely played a lot better uh, than I thought. They kind of got some breaks down the stretch there. But, um, I mean, it just – the highlight of the game was Waller for, for the Raiders. I mean, he they just kept bailing him out. I mean, he just kept bailing them out. Uh, but Derek Carr, he had a few dimes down the stretch too. Overall, I think uh, Raiders – I don't know. Maybe they'll make a little more noise than I thought. Now, question. Was this the first game – in Vegas, or did they play in Vegas last? No, year? they 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 played, but they didn't have any fans. No, no fans. Yeah, right. okay. it was it was loud. It was loud. It was a good scene to see. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> this is funny. 
I even fell asleep during the five minute highlight video of the game. I oh my god! Bro. That. Did you not even see how it ended? No, oh, I saw on Twitter. But the the reason I brought the highlight video up is because the NFL on their official channel on YouTube is already calling this the game of the year question mark. It's week one. No. Was it? It was just it wild. Was, it, it's gonna be a top five game, I think. It was just wild. Yeah, it was you. It was like going into the fourth. It was like, all right, this is this is fine, and then it just kind of fucking picked up. There were like twenty seven points in the fourth quarter alone, and then they're on. You're on the one yard line, and you don't score. And then you and then the Ravens get the ball back, and then they can't score, and the Ravens end up getting a right. touchdown. It's just the, insanity, the Ravens fumble Greg. coming insanity. back down the other way, Greg. The Raiders go back on the field. I think they run one play, and then Gruden calls out the field goal unit to go out there and kick on, like, second down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't yeah. get out there quick enough, so there's a delay of game penalty. And Peyton and Eli were second-guessing So then them, Carr right? runs back out. Yeah. So he ice his own kicker. Worse than ice his own no. kicker. They didn't even call the timeout. They got the delay of game. So then <laughs> Carr has to go back out there because now it's a third and long, and he beats a guy or he throws to the guy going to the end zone untouched, wide open. Well, I don't think – well, first of all, I don't think they had a timeout because I think they had used them all. But, yeah, that that's just – it was an interesting move. It was move. wild. I, I probably wouldn't have brought out the field. I'm always like the guy just kick the ball and get the game over with. You don't want it like a bad snap or anything. But it was a very weird move to throw him out there and to not even have that plan. Pre- that's what I mean. I was them, with you. But. I think it's the right call just go out there and kick the field goal at this point after all this madness. But if you're going to do that, make sure your team is ready and able to get out there in time. Yeah. Uh, the other side – I thought the Ravens looked good. I think Lamar looked pretty good. He was able to run the ball and get a couple big first downs, especially that last drive from the fourth. I think he picked up like 35. He, I think he does. He ended up getting, I think it was like 95 yards or 100 yards on, on the rush, but I think he, could, he definitely could have run the ball more. If he just steps up instead of just throwing the ball away, I think you know there's a lot more opportunities there. Um, I don't know if he's just scared of getting hit or, I don't know, just losing the ball, but... Shout out to my guy, Sammy Watkins, too. Shout him out before the game. Had a huge, I think, something like 100 yards. So, you know, shout out my guy. Yeah, I think Lamar still has to pass the ball more, James. I sent something earlier today. I don't know if you saw it. Jalen Hurts has more regular season 300-yard passing games already than Lamar Jackson does. Yeah, but that's because he gets so many rushing yards. Like, add basically 70 yards, 75 yards, and that's his total yards after that. So, but he's also very inaccurate. I think you, I don't, I don't know. What was he? I got to look at it. Let's he's, see. He's still 19. He's got to be a better passer. Yeah, he's still wild with it. Yeah, he's just wild with Especially it. Especially this year when the Ravens are down to Latavius Murray, a running back. Like, they're going to need more of an air game. So, let's jump into uh, a couple previews here of week two. So, looking at the game slate, obviously, there's not a lot that jumps out on this. It's kind of a little bit of a a dud of a week, which is kind of a bummer when it's only week two. But there's a couple matchups here that I think are pretty interesting. First one being the Sunday night game, the Chiefs and Ravens. These guys have had a nice little rivalry since Lamar and Mahomes have really emerged as top quarterbacks. So, I'm interested to see what happens here. We just talked about how the Ravens had some problems able to throw the ball, and I think against this Chiefs defense, they're going to have a couple opportunities too. So, I'm interested for this. Yeah, I, I, I think I think this is going to be a, a Chiefs dominant kind of game. Um, I liked what I saw out of the Ravens. We still don't know how good the Raiders actually are, so I think this is going to be definitely a high scoring game. Um, I'm not sure what the line is. If I had to guess, I'm going to go ahead and say minus four and a half Chiefs. Um, and I'd probably take them. Three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. Yeah. I like the Chiefs in that game. Uh, another one I wanted to look at was the Cowboys and Chargers. Um, we talked about the Cowboys. The The Chargers were able to beat out Washington after Fitzpatrick got hurt. Um, it was just one of those games that the Chargers definitely have been losing for like most of our lifetime, where Justin Herbert was able to come out of there with the win. Washington's got a pretty good defense, so... I think this one's going to kind of be a little bit of a a back and forth. I mean, both teams have somewhat of an explosive offense, and I, I look to see a high-scoring game in this one. I, I, I think this is going to be a sneaky, really good game. Like you said, a high-scoring game. I'm more excited to see what the Cowboys are going to do. Um, that Bucks, 
defense didn't look great, but I think they'll be able to light it up this this week. And I think the Cowboys are going to be one of the one of the must watch uh, teams of the year. So I'm definitely looking to see if the Cowboys can can bounce back and, and kind of replicate what they did in Week One. Yeah, so the line in this game is Chargers minus three over under fifty five. Really, a couple of hot tips because I know you guys need them. Chargers have covered the spread in each of their last four games against NFC East opponents. And in the Cowboys' last eight, the over is hit in six of those. I kind of like the over. I think I love Cowboys. Plus three and a half. That's surprising. I'll let you guys know Sunday morning, but I'm I'm trending towards Chargers in this one. Mm. Don't know why. Used pretty much no stats, a lot of intuition last week, and that took wonders for me. So I'll let you know. Yeah, keep us informed. Well, I will. You need it. The last one um, I'm probably going to pay attention to is the Bills-Dolphins. Obviously, both being in the division, we saw the Dolphins last week, and we also saw the Bills have one of the more disappointing games that they've had for the last couple of years. I think going into this year, they're expected to be up there in the top of the AFC. And to come out with a little bit of a a stinker in the second half, especially against the Steelers, they just, I don't know what happened to them. I think the Steelers' defense maybe tired them, and de- tired them down a little bit, but to see something like that out of the Bills when going into the year, they're supposed to be one of the better teams, and the Steelers weren't getting a lot of hype. I was surprised by that. This is my big, big overreaction of the season. I think the Bills are done for. It's super oh. early, but... I am devastated after that. That the they looked fine in the first half. I think it was more the Steelers kind of looked like shit coming out. But second half, Claypool, Big Ben started connecting. They looked good. The Claypool Bills looked, looked great. Horrible in the second half. They couldn't get anything going. Josh Allen was missing by a mile. He couldn't make a pass to save his life. I look. I like them to lose this game. Honestly, for I was how high I was on the Bills last year. They came out and put up that performance. Blech. I'm in, I'm interested to see them rebound, especially against the Dolphins, who who looked really good throughout most of last year, and then we saw it this year. Their defense is pretty good. I don't know if their offense is going to be able to kind of keep up in high-scoring games, but their defense, I think, is going to be able to keep them in and give them a chance. And if Josh Allen needs to have a rebound game, it needs to be this week against the Dolphins. Yeah. Wow, James... Do you want to make the first big cast gamble of the year head to head? You like you like Miami money line? Oh, I love Miami money line. You want that action head to head with with me? Right? Yeah. Yeah. You want to do it? Yeah, but I think instead of cash, we should do um the next big cast related purchase that the loser should make. So whether it's I don't know. I like that. We'll we'll think of it. Let's think about it this week, but I like that. Virtual shake. Virtual shake. Holy shit, you're toast. (laughs) They looked bad. Last thing I want to get into before we uh, jump into some college football. Joe Burrow's watch. This week, MVP odds down to plus 4,000. How are you? A little bit of a jump for Joey Burrow. How are you? You... He was able to get his team the win. That had tie written all over it. The Bengals love to tie. That was a Father's Day tie. That should have been a tie. That would have fucked me all up, too. They had an extra game this year, and we have a week one tie. Holy smokes, I wouldn't have been able to add up how many wins and losses the team had. All right, and we left big behind in this college football segment. I'm joined by James, the big man, Coughlin, Tommy on the on the mic back over here. Boys. Uh, I think the three of us watched a good bit of college football last weekend. Like I said earlier, I'm hot. My college football picks last week went 2-1. and one. I had Coastal covering a 25.5-point spread. I had Pitt covering by 3 over Tennessee. Only the game that I lost, this is my trend for the year, too. I'm, I'm betting against UMass. I bet, I bet following them for years, and it never paid off. But UMass was able to cover a 37-point spread at home versus BC. No student tailgate. Lots of notes to get to there, though. Uh, James, what are your thoughts? What games did you watch? So I had a tough start. I picked Ohio State to cover. 
not just win, and they got absolutely smoked by Oregon. Oregon came out strong. It seemed like they couldn't be stopped, uh, 35-28. That's troubling for Ohio State, um, but it, 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 was, it looked closer than it actually was. I, Oregon was getting control the entire game. Um, I then ended up taking UMass, unfortunately. Like you said, I, I cashed on UMass barely last week or week one or whenever that was. Last week, I figured, you know, BC at home, you know, the 9-11 game. The red bandana. With the red bandanas. With the red bandana. I thought this was going to be an absolute smoke blowout. UMass decided that, hey, I'm going to score some touchdowns. I don't think they scored a touchdown <laughs> since 2002. And they decided to get like <laughs> six in one game. So that, that was devastating for me. I thought that was going to be my lock. So I started low one two. I went with Iowa. I'm usually not a dog guy, especially on the road. But Iowa's just been hot. They usually beat Ohio, um, Iowa State, and so I, I, I ran with them. They smoked them. It was a good game. And then you had that money line, James, or to cover I took that them uh, four and a half points spread. I did uh, two units line, and then one unit money line. So that wow. definitely helped me out. And then uh, to get me a little bit up on the day, I ended up with Michigan. Um, I thought that was too small of a spread. You know, Michigan obviously has some issues, but I think uh, they usually start out pretty strong. So I'm just going to keep riding them until. So the wheels eventually fall off. Mm-hmm. All right, Tom, why don't you take us down to South Florida? What are your thoughts down there last week and this week? In South Florida? Miami. Miami? Oh, the, the cat falling from the balcony? Did you guys see this? Big join in if you can. This cat falling from the balcony. If, if people haven't seen this video, this video is absolutely hysterical. The cat's hanging from the balcony like fucking Mufasa in The Lion King. You got the kid down there trying to trying to catch the cat. Like, if the cat even had a thumb, he was going to reach up and grab onto this kid's hand. Obviously, the cat doesn't do that. The cat ends up falling down from the second floor balcony. Bunch of college students try to catch the cat in an American flag. (laughs) Doesn't make it. And then the way that they pick this cat up after he falls from this, it's got to be like, I don't know, over hundreds of feet, right? They pick the cat up. The whole crowd goes nuts. That was the only football that I saw in Miami last week, but that was enough for me. There was a lot going on in this video. First of all, uh, Pete is probably going to be down my throat, but the fact that girls in the background were screaming bloody murder by a damn cat hanging by a thread on the flight, yeah, you know, you don't want to see it. But they have like nine lives. They'll bounce back. It's fine, all right? You don't need to be screaming, screaming. It's fine, you know? Someone's going to catch them. Second, how drunk do you have to be to pick up a feral wild cat? just next to you while this guy's biting him and clawing at him and hold that guy up like the Lion King. I mean, that cat was feisty. That that dude's that dude's not doing okay right now, I can tell you that. Stadium cats are crazy, man. When we what was that? Two years ago when the Giants the had Giants. the black cat on Monday night football. Yeah. That opened my eyes to thinking about what sort of animals live in the bowels of these stadiums. You Holy you see shit. a cat I'd say every couple months we see a cat. You get a cat in the outfield a lot. You got to shoo those guys off. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah, did you guys see that giant panther before the game? That was cool. I think that was really cool. The Ravens had done something like that too. And, you know, I think you got to like have your phone and shit and you got to like see it flying around. But if they can do that so that you see it when you're there, like in real life, that's nice. I'll be impressed. Did you see a giant Patriot guy like walking around, jumping around? That's cool. All right. Let's get into uh, week three college football picks. Tom, what do you got? Like you said, Greg, in Miami, I'm like in Michigan State plus six. You know I don't bet, but I got inside info. Ooh. Miami's looking bad. Take Michigan State. One unit. You can guarantee I'm putting one unit on that game. What else <laughs> you like? Uh, Purdue plus seven versus Notre Dame. They're, they got pole momentum. They're, they're not looking good either. Uh, so bet against them. Nice. Love to hear it. James, week three, what do you like? So I think I'm going to... Go back to the well, and I'm going to go with Michigan, minus 27.5 against uh, uh, Northern Illinois. I, it, it's a big spread, but uh, they're rolling. It's at home. I think they'll cover. Second, I'm going to go Bama. I haven't bet Bama yet this year. I mean to. I keep forgetting, and then they end up blowing out. So minus 14.5 at Florida. So it might be close early, but I think they'll break it open and cover that spread. I was thinking Ohio State, but I think I'm going to get away with that. Could be like a big comeback game against Tulsa. It was 24 and a half. I'm, I'm staying away. I, you know, I can't afford that these days. And last, I like uh, Iowa at home against 10, uh, Kent. So I'm going to roll with them. Kent State's 
not that good. So I think I think Iowa's going to have their way at home. Twenty three and a half. All right, nice. And for me, I like color or I like Minnesota rather plus three versus Colorado. Minnesota's looking like a, a pretty good team this this year. And I like Army minus thirty four versus UConn. UConn is the worst team in FBS. Fucking trash. So bad. Worse than UMass. They're terrible. Head coach is gone. UMass is going to beat them this year. They're playing October 9th in Amherst. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be taking lots of pictures. I think UMass, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but during that game, UMass is going to beat them by 21 points. But this week, they're going to lose to Army by 34 or more. You can book it. Big back to you. Last pick from the cloud. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Bing, 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 bing. We got some late ads. Late ads. I like UCLA against Fresno, minus 11 and a half. Book it. Big from the clouds. So before I was rudely interrupted, I have a big matchup here. This one's automatic money. You're going to have to take UTSA for you uh, regulars out there who might not know what that is. University of Texas, San Antonio. I was going to say, sounds like you've never heard of them We're taking them against Middle Tennessee. They're a seven-point favorite. Middle, ten- Middle Tennessee is 6-12 and 12 in their last 18 games. I don't like that at all. UTSA is 6-1 and one in their last seven home games and 5-1 and one against the spread in its last six games. We're taking the Roadrunners from University of Texas San Antonio, minus 7, and we're taking the over. Yeehaw. If I didn't already have head-to-head action with James, I would bet against you in that. I got a question, Brian. I'm not. I'm not the biggest college football guy. Have you ever seen either one of them play, though? Just, just out of curiosity. Uh, unfortunately, they don't get aired up here all the time, just because you know we're the we're the New England elitists who don't get to watch college football. Okay. Um, but you know, I keep track of their okay. box scores very often. I'm well connected. And will you be watching I, this game? I would, of course, of course, I'll find a stream for it. I, I would say. No, Biggs had a wedding this weekend. You can guarantee we're going to be burying him with text messages. I would say uh, roughly, if I had to put a number on it, I would say the winning percentage prediction on on this one is probably uh, 92.7%. Thank you, ESPN. Let me get one more. Oh, oh boy. From the clouds, from the clouds. Oh. Let me get a hometown, hometown team. Uh, SDSU plus seven versus Utah. Very relevant. Against who? Utah? Utah, the Utes. All right. Who, what what is SDSU's mascot? Aztecs. Aztecs. Cool. God. Conor McGregor tried to fight MGK. And he would have got fucking back. Who the fuck's MGK? Who? Okay. Keep this in. Keep this in. You don't know who MGK <laughs> is? Who? A fucking fighter? What is it? Do he? you read anything that I put in the group chat? Or any of the music that I send? Oh, uh, music? Absolutely is? not. I clicked on the last music you put in. I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> That's from Kate. That's also a good song. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it really quickly, I guess. All right, so quickly in pop culture news this weekend. Uh, well, I guess there are a couple things that went on. But for us, we're going to talk about the VMAs. Big news coming out of the VMAs. I'm slightly biased. I really like this guy. But Machine Gun Kelly, he was almost jumped. Oh, that rapper? No, not that rapper. Almost jumped. He was almost jumped by a, by a, oh, he's a, he's a hoodlum, Irish whiskey drinking guy. I mean, he's just nothing but trash. His name's Conor McGregor. He tried to jump Machine Gun Kelly at the VMAs. It was awful. I used to be a a Conor McGregor guy. There were a few months ago, some of us were watching a, a Conor McGregor fight. And I was so much of a Conor McGregor guy that there's this one gif on Giphy that I used to love to use. It's that one where Conor McGregor struts around like this. But I'm done. I'm done with it. He tried to fight MGK. It was a huge night for MGK. He's playing at the VMAs. Also, big news, he's having a baby with uh, Megan Fox. Did you see this, Eric? I was not aware. Oh, that that the, felt oh, like a rumor okay. that I thought you were just spreading. No, Wait, no he's I, the guy who looks dirty as fuck. That's fact? Well, he, he looks dirty. Would you stop with your dirties? We're trying to have. A- Where are you he getting is your info? Dirty. Greg, you Machine talking- Gun Kelly's a gross human being. No, okay, yeah, okay, then yeah, I know who he is. Okay, yeah, no. Oh, great! I'm glad I you're up to speed them, now hate, that we're I, fucking three I minutes hope into they the both conversation. Got in a fight. I hate both of them. I'm with you. I hate. I used to like Conor McGregor too. And then I think he, you know, him and Floyd when they went at it, that was the peak, and then they kind of fell off. I think McGregor's a little bitch, breaks his leg. I could probably beat him at this point. 
Um, but MGK, I don't know. That guy looks I like I was going to say, you better hope he doesn't listen to the big guys. Back, That's facts. Back to the big boy conversation here. So, yeah, Eric, when right before um, Travis Barker and MGK went to either perform or get an award, Megan Fox and Kourtney Kardashian introduced them as our future baby daddies. Now, does that mean they're pregnant? I don't know. Or they're just planning on being their baby daddies. I don't think that's proof of anything. Um, But I guess we'll see in nine months. I suppose so. Either way, pop punk is back in a big way. Not only do pop punk artists have smoking hot girlfriends, but they can also take out wannabe little fighting Irish guys. Conor McGregor. Last point. Can you give me... Two other pop punk guys, just for reference, someone I may know. Um, someone you may know. Like, is what's pop punk? Is that like Green Day? Pop punk. Green Day's Green Day would fit. Yeah, that's I like Green Day. Okay. Okay. That, Do you have that's another one you want to ask about. Uh, pop punk? No. Oh, that was my only question. No. Okay, because yeah. you asked for two, but you only asked about one. Oh, well, you give me one then. Um, Eric, who would you get? Blink One Eighty Two. Follow up, boy. Paramore. Um, Panic at Paramore. the Disco. All right. Couldn't name any of their yeah, songs, cringe. but thank you. You know all of these songs. These are songs? No, you know all You know all of the big hits from all of those bands we just said. Yeah, probably. If I'm at a wedding, I hear them. We all <laughs> went to middle school at the same time. You all know right, all these songs. Let's, let's wrap this show up. You guys are all <laughs> over the rails talking about pop punk being played at a wedding. All over the rails. You're talking about a, a maybe pregnancy that happened at the BMAs. <laughs> That's big news on Twitter, man. Greg, you're telling me uh, oh, that um, tickets to my downfall won't be playing at your wedding one day. If I ever get married, yes. And thank you for bringing that up. I, I was th- I like I got the shakes today because MGK is in Boston playing tonight, and I thought for a long time that I was going to be there. None of my friends wanted to go with me. He's also playing in my favorite part of this state. Western Massachusetts on Friday night at the Big E Carnival, and I won't be going to that either. I'm a little upset, but I guess I have you guys to... Quite a night at a carnival. Guess I dodged two bullets not going to that one. I do want to say one last thing, uh, Ryan and me, on a serious note. R.I.P. to one of the greatest, Norm MacDonald. Um, Personally, one of my favorite comedians. I'm a big Conan guy every time he was on. I just laugh and laugh and laugh it up. Just, uh, yeah. Shout out Norm. I don't know enough about Norm MacDonald. Every time I see a video from him, I think it's pretty funny. The one that comes to mind is... The Moth? When he was on some late night show, like a week after um, Steve Irwin died. (laughs) And he literally makes fun of Steve Irwin for dying to a stingray. Like a week after he was alive. Oh, or a week ab- after he had died, and he, is he just no like his his tone though is just like makes it acceptable or made it acceptable. Yeah, he he was in like a lot of random. He was in the middle as uh, as one of the brothers, as like the dad's brother. He was in Fairly Odd Parents, very weird. A couple of Sandler movies, just kind of all over the map. Just uh, played his character perfectly. Unlimited YouTube clips can be seen from Norm. If you don't know who he is, check it out. All right, let's wrap things up on this episode. We're going to have a couple things coming out. you got to look out for You'll have this show. We'll be doing another one next week, reviewing week two. We also have uh, our movie podcast coming out, Binged. It's a, a movie podcast we do that covers n- new Netflix specials that come out. This, uh, this week we'll be talking about Kate. To conclude week one of the NFL, I had an incredible gambling week. I finished in the top three of a 300-person pool, my first week of my first year, not a big deal, pretty excited. Not only did I do that, but I think I had a pretty good NFL Sunday for myself. I have been known to be quite restless during NFL Sundays, sometimes- Absent. I'm sorry? Absent. Absent or restless, both actually. (laughs) I'm, I'm known for wanting to leave the basement, that being Brian's basement for when we're watching football to go do some sort of activity, but I got a new routine for myself. Uh, so I was able to sit pretty much for like seven hours, yeah? yeah? Yeah, we had a pretty good run. You made it all the way through. I was very proud of you. And it wasn't easy. There were chips, wings, 
calzone. There was a lot of food and I made it the whole way through. But the night was capped off in a pretty, pretty serious way. I took my scooter over to Big B's house around two o'clock on Sunday, parked it out front, sat down in the basement, like I said, for seven hours, came out at the end of the night. It was what? Probably it was right before Sunday Night Football. So like 730. Yeah. The sun had set. And in place of my really nice electric scooter that my Uncle John got me for Christmas that I love, shout out Sal, it was gone. There was a Razor scooter in place of where my very nice, expensive motorized scooter was. And I turned to James as we were walking out the front door and I said, James, this isn't funny. I know you hit it. Please go get it so I can go home. He starts doing that stupid cackle thing and he can't even look at me that he's laughing so hard. What? I'm not one to do something, pull a, pull a prank like that. That's not me. I mean, it had you and Colin written all over it because you guys had <laughs> left to go get the pizza. And I figured you guys took it and you hit it. And that'd be really funny. Ten, ten minutes go by, right, Big? Was it ten minutes? Easily. We were, we were circling around the yard. We were getting ready to send out a unit to go search the neighborhood. Greg was pacing up and down the driveway like I've never seen him pace before. He's got his phone in his hand. He's about to call the police. I was going to call because- Officer Ivory. I really was. I was gonna, I was gonna call him and say my scooter had been stolen. I go inside. I go over to my parents and I'm like, "Hey, did you guys see the scooter anywhere?" And all of a sudden, I just got this this look. Everyone knows the look. My dad just looks at me like he's just pulled off the funniest thing that he's ever done in his entire life. He finally stands up. He waddles out to the garage. And we dragged Greg's scooter out, hidden behind a couple shelves, tucked in the garage. And I, I Greg, I really thought you were going to kill him. I was pretty close to crying. Like, as crazy as that sounds, I was, I was pretty upset. If that had gotten stolen in your front yard on my best Sunday football day in a long, long time, I would have been pretty damn upset. So, Mr. Gertie, just know you've started a full-out, full-on prank war. It's going to get ugly. It's going to last a long, long time. And you better watch out, man. That's all I got to say. Uh, it was pretty funny on their end. On our end, we were all a little concerned, but they, they had a good chuckle out of it. I will say, Greg, he did teach you a valuable lesson because you did not properly lock and store your scooter. And something that valuable, you can't just leave out there and it really did look like there was a bait and switch put in there where some kid was rolling by on his five-year-old Razor scooter, swapped it out with yours in my driveway, and then took off with your new one like a Rolls Royce. Yeah, I would have been – I would. I don't know what – I would have been in backyards looking for my scooter for the rest of the night had that been true. All right, and with that, thank you guys for listening. We will keep you up to date with all the stuff we're going to be putting out over the next couple of weeks. And we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Hopefully we have a good week of football. I know the slate doesn't look great. But sometimes when that happens, these bad games can turn into some of the better ones. Just look at what happened Monday night. Thanks for listening.